Welcome to Political Beatdown. We're going to talk about what you just saw right there, some of uh, Donald Trump's chaotic, depraved speeches. We're going to be talking about MAGA Republican chaos as they try to find their next Speaker of the House. The party resembles the chaos you just saw at the top of the show. We'll talk about Special Counsel Jack Smith, laser-focused and smoking out Donald Trump's attempt to try to delay the March 2024 trial date for Trump's attempt to overthrow the 2020 election. We've got MAGA Republicans doing what they do best, lying about President Biden and taking a disaster, an international crisis with the Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. And MAGA Republicans actually saying this, the chair of the RNC said this was an opportunity for them, which is just absolutely sickening. We'll discuss that. And also the New York Attorney General Civil Fraud Fraud case is in week two of trial in Manhattan, another unmitigated disaster for Donald Trump as Alan Weisselberg in between his testimony of saying, I don't recall, I don't recall, I don't recall, also provided some bombshell damaging testimony against Donald Trump, like recognizing very obvious facts like that Donald Trump's triplex was not 30,000 square feet and also that they were told to provide contradictory information to Mazers. That and more here on this episode of Political Beatdown. You know, Cohen, yesterday would have been the day where you deposed Donald Trump. He was obviously too cowardly to show up for the deposition, so he dismissed the $500 million federal case he filed against you. Um, tell us what's it, what are the developments there? Are you, are you working on a motion with your lawyers based on all of the harassment and vexatious litigation he's put you through? What are you doing? Yeah. So look, one of the things that we did, uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks, since we, uh, got in really, uh, heavy into that $500 million, um, baseless lawsuit is we talked about how we were going to press Donald in order to appear and to be deposed, something that I had and Ben uh, as well had expressed on numerous occasions that he clearly did not want to do, especially after they made the most ridiculous statement that some of the things that he could say could potentially incriminate him and he needed to protect and preserve his Fifth Amendment uh, constitutional right against self-incrimination. Obviously, everybody at that point in time knew that he did not want to be deposed. And so we pushed the issue and pushed the issue and we filed motion after motion until ultimately the judge had had enough of their uh, delay tactic, ordered them to sit. Then as a result of the attorney general's case beginning to start here in New York, uh, which was supposed to take place on the second, well, the judge did a wonderful thing and he only put it off for a week, which would have been, yes, uh, it would have been actually uh, Tuesday. And so, yeah, uh, he did the smart thing and they bailed out. The only bad thing is that he did keep open the opportunity to refile because he did it without prejudice. Um, you know That doesn't preclude, of course, me, and I'm speaking right now with counsel for uh, potential countersuits as well as uh, potential claims uh, for his vexatious litigation, uh, which everybody Everyone from day number one, whether you are a Trump supporter or a Michael Cohen hater, everyone acknowledged the same thing, that this lawsuit uh, was just fraught with all sorts of uh, issues that would have it dismissed, that it just did not um, rise to the level of a legitimate lawsuit. So your understanding, based on the preliminary research you've done, is that Donald Trump dismissing this thing without prejudice um, after all that he put you through in this case, that does not preclude perhaps, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but perhaps a malicious prosecution lawsuit against Donald Trump or perhaps some other claims based on his vexation. type of a sanction. For example, we all know that he was already with Alina Haba sanctioned a while back for the Southern District of um, Palm Beach, where there was the same sort of ridiculous, I believe it was that 
lawsuit that they were suing Hillary Clinton or uh, a series of other people. And it was such a ridiculous lawsuit that the judge awarded sanctions uh, against both Trump and Haba combined uh, to the tune of $1 million. Um, so uh, right now, there's so much more going on. Uh, I did just get off the telephone uh, with my attorney, um, Danya Perry, uh, as obviously you know, most people know that I have been subpoenaed to testify in this New York Attorney General's case and um, trying to figure out a day um, that you know the AG is anticipating my um, appearance. You know, if you take a look at the exhibits on who the uh, Office of the Attorney General intends to call, and there's quite quite a serious number, uh, not as many as the number that Trump intends to call, but you know, I think it's in the 80s. Uh, I am number six. Well, so far, the way that those numbers seem to be playing out, number one was Donald Bender, number two was Jeff McConney, number three is Alan Weisselberg. So it appears that they are actually going in this specific order. Well, the only problem that exists is, um, again, I'm number six. I still think that I should be further down that line only because uh, there's so much testimony that has to come out. And much of that testimony gets wrapped up by the things that I'm sure both the attorney general and on cross by Alina Haba, Chris Kais, and um, uh, Cliff Robert, uh, you know, will want to cross uh, examine me on. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But right now, uh, Weisselberg is in the hot seat. If you had a chance to see, and of course, there's been very little coverage on Weisselberg. There's even uh, really not a lot of coverage regarding Makani. And of course, that's because of uh, the issue, the war that's now going on in Israel uh, with um, uh, with Hamas. And obviously, that should take precedent to, uh, you know, to Donald uh, and this case. However, um, you know, every now and then you do get bits and pieces because there are journalists in the room covering. So you do get bits and pieces. Jeff McConney all but acknowledged that Eric Trump uh, was involved in the review of certain documents as well as Donald uh, prior to the White House. I'm certain that Alan Weisselberg will be attesting to the same thing, which in essence makes uh, a big part of the attorney general's case. Uh, you know, here when you have uh, the assistant controller and then you have the uh, former CFO uh, of the company attesting you know, to these sort of matters. I really can't imagine, um, you know, <laughs> this is really an issue of numbers and, you know, why anybody else's testimony is relevant here in terms of numbers. Uh, I'm not sure. It really should just be now uh, a handful more individuals uh, who could sort of explain the benefits that Trump received uh, based upon his actions. And that way, it would then be up to Judge Ngoron to make that final determination of the total amount, fines, penalties, interest, et cetera. You know, I think one of the reasons that legacy media is not covering the testimony of Weisselberg and McConney is because legacy media just cares about the circus. They like when Donald Trump is there. They like recording when Donald Trump leaves the courthouse and they go, hey, Donald, what are you what are you eating for lunch? And then Donald Trump does the accordion hands and he goes, I'm going after the corrupt, blah, blah, blah. You know, and the media does that, which, by the way, if you want to give that the proper context, which legacy media doesn't do and doesn't call it out, there's a time and place for it. But here on the Midas Touch Network, we've been covering with the same determination and steadfastness the testimony of Alan Weisselberg, the testimony of McConney. We've done multiple videos where we've broken that down with the assistance of some of the top journalists who are in the courtroom who have been live tweeting about what it is. But it is important because... As I keep preaching, as you keep preaching here, the most important thing about political beatdown 
and about the Midas Touch Network is just a fact-based, evidence-based approach to things. I want to analyze the data and I want to test the data and then we can have opinions about it, but it's got to be database first and foremost. So let's talk about the data. Here's the deposition of Alan Weisselberg and his testimony today largely mirrors what you're going to see here in this clip. And mind you, when you watch this clip, Alan Weisselberg was, he no longer is, he got like a $2 million severance package or so he claims, the chief financial officer of the Trump organization. He's been convicted on multiple felonies for a fraudulent tax scheme in connection with the Manhattan District Attorney's case. So here he is in the deposition in connection with the civil fraud case. Here, play this clip. If I said the phrase GAP, G-A-A-P, are you familiar with that acronym? I've heard of that, yes. Okay. Tell me everything you know about GAP. What is GAP? Generally accepted accounting principles. I, I don't know what's in GAP. I never took a CPA exam. Okay. I never studied for it. So I don't know all the various components of what GAP is. Are there any components you know about what GAP is? Not really. Okay. No. Okay, so that was Alan Weisselberg, the chief financial officer, saying he's not a CPA and doesn't know about a topic that's generally taught in the first year of any basic undergrad business school course. But okay, okay. Um, let's say you know, maybe he wasn't involved in that. Maybe he was not the person responsible for certifying that generally accepted accounting principles were followed, right? Maybe, maybe it's a big organization. Maybe it was someone else. So let's ask Donald Trump. Hey, Donald. Who was responsible? Were you responsible for GAP or was it Weisselberg who, who was responsible? Play the clip. To meet your obligation here of presenting the information in, account in accordance with GAP, was Alan Weisselberg responsible for that? Check to the form. I would say yes. I would say you're a freaking liar. Uh, Cohen, <laughs> what do you, <laughs> what, what do you uh, think? Look, you know, I could understand what Alan is saying. You know, many people, um, you know, <laughs> were involved in the formation of these um, financial statements, these, uh, you know, personal financial statements or uh, statement of financial condition, as they're called. It is incumbent upon, you know, the uh, accounting firm, and it was Mazers. And of course, as I stated, uh, before Donald Bender was first up, and they went by what was generally accepted accounting principles, um, and you know this this is a series of principles that's you know that goes into it. It's not formulas; it's just the way that you conduct things while you're putting them together for these specific types of um, documents. That would, of course be on Mazers to do, the problem that Mazers had is, and this is based upon McConney's testimony, and I'm sure it's going to the same testimony that Alan Weisselberg will give, is that the numbers were not accurate, and the methodology used in order to get to those numbers were similarly not accurate. And so, you know, generally accepted accounting principles only work when the information that's provided to the accounting firm who's putting it all together has, you know, relies upon them as being truthful and accurate and not um, what, unfortunately, um, Donald Bender received. So let me show you some of the testimony from Weisselberg, again, former CFO of the Trump Organization, as brought to us by Adam Clausfield, who is there. Um, the questioning starts with some biographical information about Weisselberg. He went to Pace undergrad. He met Fred Trump beginning in 1973. Weisselberg says he spent 50 years in real estate in New York. The New York Attorney General then displayed Weisselberg's separation agreement from the Trump Organization. He was put on leave October 2022. That was right around the time of the criminal case, and uh, Weisselberg pled guilty to uh, multiple felony counts there. He signed his severance January 9th, 2023. Then the New York Attorney General showed Weisselberg an agreement that he signed with Mazers 
showing his obligation sharing data with the accounting firm. And it says, the statement referred to above is fairly presented in conformity with accounting principles generally accepted in the United States of America. So he said that he followed GAAP, but you just saw in the deposition, he does not know what uh, generally accepted accounting principles are. Um, and then in rapid fire questioning, the New York Attorney General went year by year pressing Weisselberg about his assumptions on various things, including the square footage of the Trump Tower triplex. Weisselberg testified, admitted under penalty of perjury, that he learned that his assumptions were wrong. Then Weisselberg claimed he did not recall being put on notice that the 30,000 square foot number was wrong and it was actually 10,000 or so square feet. So then the New York Attorney General said, well, let me refresh your recollection, Mr. Weisselberg. I'd like to show you the First Amendment to the Declaration of Trump Tower Condominium. Here it is, a document executed on October 11th, 1994. Are you familiar with this document? Well, this document discloses that the triplex actual square footage is 10,996 square feet, not 30,000 square feet. So does that refresh your recollection? And it was all like that with all of the properties. And then there was another point where Weisselberg admitted that he was obligated to provide Mazers with contradictory information about valuation. So that's basically, in a nutshell, how Weisselberg's testimony went. And again, we want the facts. We want the evidence. And as we've always said in all of the Trump-related cases, when we follow and speak about the evidence, we feel that he's liable or guilty of the underlying crimes. Everyone is entitled to a presumption of innocence, um, but you have to be in an evidence-based system. When Donald Trump goes out there with the accordion hands and does that thing, that's not, that's not evidence. And that's a bunch of crap. And we need to cut through it exactly like we're doing here with the brigaders and say, just here's the data. That shouldn't be what political party you are on when you hear the evidence and you hear the testimony like that. If you're not appalled at the behavior of Donald Trump and the Trump organization, well, that's appalling to me. Yeah. I mean, there's, look, <laughs> appalling. It, everything that the man does is appalling. I mean, I want to just sort of use this as a very quick segue into obviously what's going on in Israel right now and the war against Hamas. When I saw Trump put out a, um, a truth social, uh, whatever they call post, where, thank you, I kept Israel safe. Nobody else will. Nobody else can. And I know all of the players. It is so fucking insulting what he's taught. He knows all the players, and only he can keep Israel safe. I, I'm so taken aback. I mean, there's so many things that this ass clown does that you just have to just sigh and, and gasp for air. He could fix immigration overnight. He could fix uh, this issue with Israel overnight. He could fix the war between Russia and Ukraine overnight. He could fix everything overnight, just as he fixed COVID overnight. There's nothing that this guy can fix overnight. I'll tell you what he can fix overnight. He can fix the 91 criminal charges against him on four indictments in four different areas, not including the civil actions that are currently pending against him. For example, to which his former CFO sat today uh, on the witness chair. I mean, this guy comes out and he says the most ridiculous things. You know, from a personal standpoint, since as brigaders, we're like family. I spoke to my cousin today who happens to be a Sabra. He was born in Israel, lives in Toronto, uh, and so on. But he and his brother, uh, because my uncle Matak, uh, you know, was Israeli, um, his family had immigrated from Poland to Israel. And that's where my cousins were born before they ended up, uh, you know, returning and living in Toronto, Canada. So many of their friends are missing. So many of the families that are affected by this. Thank God I have, you know, 
several hundred, maybe close to 200 second cousins that live in Israel. From my understanding, um, you know, they all seem miraculously to be, thank God, okay. But what he was explaining to me is that everybody knows somebody who is unfortunately affected by this, either injured, killed, or missing. And that's what makes them into a family. And so the loss of someone's relative is like the loss of your relative, which is why that you're now seeing more than 300,000 reservists lining up in order to join this war. And what's sad, though, is that you know there's a big confusion that Palestinians are all Hamas or Hamas is Palestine. It is not. But this is so bad right now that the number of casualties that will occur on both sides is going to be horrific. And I don't want to see any loss of life. Life as we all know it is extremely, extremely precious. You only have this one go around. And it's it's sad to see. But I am amazed and I'm thankful to see everybody who stands with Israel on this, you know, our, you know, another democracy, another, you know, uh, another country of democracy that the United States has such an important and a personal relationship to. But this is what's going to end up happening is just going to be a protracted, you know, war. And that's, again, why I'm so offended by the level of Donald's stupidity, the fact that he doesn't understand the Middle East at all. But God forbid that should shut him up, that should shut up that gaping fucking hole underneath his nose that nothing but crap comes out of. Everything he could fix in 24 hours, because in his mind, whatever's left of it, he truly believes that he's a god that he is above the rest of us. Because for over 3,000 years, this war, this fighting has gone on, but Donald can fix it in 24 hours. That in and of itself, the fact that he just spews this sort of stupidity and bullshit should absolutely make him, you know, um, he, he should be removed from anyone's thought on being, you know, uh, a nominee of one of our, you know, our two main parties. I mean, it's, it should disqualify him immediately for stupidity. No other way Look, to describe it then. You know, and, and here's what I would say to his followers and supporters, and just using you as an example, the lawsuit he filed against you, he acted like, I'm going to crush Michael Cohen, $500 million. He used it to fundraise. I'm the smartest person. He put out all these statements in the press about attacking you, Michael Cohen. And you had to, and I know it was tough for you, you had to ask for help and support to crowdfund elite, you know, you know, lawyers to represent you. And it was very difficult for you to have to go through that. But you were like, okay, you've attacked me with the typical Trump BS. Now I'm going to defend myself from your bullying tactics. Show up at a deposition. Wah, wah, it's going to embarrass me. This is what he actually wrote in his motions. It's going to embarrass me. My reputation's going to be hard. I got to invoke the Fifth Amendment. So it got continued. It got continued. It got continued. Now, he, here's what I here's what I would say to all of the people who think that Donald Trump is so smart. So, and he's a great negotiator. Okay, well, if, if if that's the case, his decision after all of this process suing Michael Cohen for $500 million was just to fold, was just to give up. And then you have to evaluate that and go, huh. And I'm just, and I'm speaking to all of, you know, even the MAGA trolls who joined this. Think about that. Michael Cohen with a deposition notice was able to destroy Donald Trump with a deposition notice. Imagine what Putin can do to Donald Trump. Imagine what Iran can do to Donald Trump. Imagine what President Xi can do to Donald Trump if Michael Cohen can bring the man down with the deposition notice. But then also you look at it the same week, Donald Trump sued Judge Goran 
the judge in the New York AG case. Look how tough I am. I'm going to sue and go on. Donald Trump dismissed the case against Judge Ngoron when it was clearly frivolous and there were going to be repercussions. How about Donald Trump suing New York Attorney General Letitia James in all the various courts? What did he do there? Voluntarily dismissed the case because he wanted to avoid monetary sanctions. Okay, tough guy. You're supposed to be this strong negotiator. Tell, tell me about I want to show you in a, in a uh, some of these things, and I want to compare. Here's what Donald Trump was saying. Here is what uh, President Biden was saying during this horrific terrorist attack on Israel. You've got like Donald Trump talking about his body and saying, my body's better than President Biden's body. Like it is so uh, utterly absurd. But first I want to I think I, I'll tell you something, Ben. I think, I think the Ozempic is getting to his brain because us, with all due respect, even if he's, I mean, even if he dropped 10, 15, 20 pounds, it doesn't make a difference. I mean, you know, he's so offended that yeah. Joe Biden was driving this bicycle with his shirt off on that he's on the beach and people are saying, you know, that he's still fit. He's so offended by it. What did he do right after he talked about how he could? This is not bullshit, my friends. This is fact right after the announcement that he could fix this entire Middle East problem in 24 hours. He posted a picture of himself playing tennis when he was like in his late 30s or 40s at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, you know, this is, this is the insanity of a man who will, without doubt, as it stands right now, be the Republican nominee for the 2024 election. We're talking about the killing of children. They said somewhere on television today, 40 babies, babies were beheaded, 40. They're talking about young women, young women dragged through the street, bloodied, clothes pulled off, raped, thrown into trucks, and then, and then brought over to Gaza talking about the elderly executed or taken as hostages and so on. What I mean, th this is so atrocious on so many levels. And the only thing that the guy can do is to post a photo of himself playing tennis. And I scratch my head and I say, holy shit, when did this man become so deranged? And I want to be clear about this. He was not this deranged in 2007 all the way through 2017. Something has happened to him. Now, was it the, the thirst for power, for unlimited power, what the reason is? I don't know the answer. I truly don't. He was always an ass. But this goes way beyond. I mean, this goes beyond the sort of racist, sexist, misogynistic, xenophobic, homophobic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic comments that would occasionally break through and, you know, that he would say, you know, from time to time. This is a whole nother level of fucking insanity. And it's the kind of insanity that nobody should stand for. Nobody. And nobody, in my opinion, said it better, believe it or not, than um, Amari Stoudemire, who went on and he just called it straight out. And he was like, this is just fucked up what they're, what they're doing. And anybody who thinks that, you know, that Israel should not defend themselves against this type of attack. I mean, he just put it blunt. He was as clear as possible. And yet a guy who is the former president of the United States, the best he could do is talk about how he could settle this matter. He could resolve it because he knows all the players in 24 hours and then to post a photo of himself in his in his white his white shorts playing tennis. I mean, again, if that's not a disqualifier, I don't know what is. 
I want to remind everybody as well to join us for the after show at patreon.com slash political beatdown. That Patreon community is growing and growing, and I think it gives all of you an opportunity to interact directly with Michael Cohen. Cohen, I see you responding to the direct messages. By the way, did you like it was my 29th anniversary yesterday, and so I posted a photo of my wife and I uh, right before, you know, the wedding, um, you know, obviously it was uh, in Central Park on the big rock that's that's right there. So I posted that photo as well. I don't know. You, I didn't get a happy anniversary from you, Ben. So clearly you didn't see it. Happy anniversary, Michael Cohen. I, I, 29. And, and by the way, you 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 and <laughs> you and your wife also could have had another career being uh, models for wedding magazines. You're both so good looking in that uh, photo. So oh, happy anniversary you. on behalf of all the beatdown brigaders. I was just saving it. Yes, for I right definitely now. married. I definitely married up. <laughs> Patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're going to hold another Zoom meeting with all of you soon at patreon.com slash political beatdown, and you get exclusive access to our after show. Let's try to hit 1,000 patrons on that again, patreon.com slash political beatdown. Also, I want to give a shout out to one of our pro-democracy sponsors, Lomi. We all hate wasting food. Now, nothing is ever wasted. Thanks to Lomi. I have a Lomi, and it's changed the way I think about my food waste. Lomi transforms my trash into treasure at the push of a button. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps to plant food in four hours. There's no food rotting in my garbage and smelling up the kitchen. Now I only take the trash out on garbage day, plus no more leaky bags. I turn my waste into nutrient-rich loamy earth that I can feed to my plants, lawn, or garden instead of sending it to the landfill. I can help the environment and make my life easier. All my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge can go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food at home. And now, Lomi's new app lets me track my environmental impact, earn points for every cycle, and redeem for freebies from Lomi plus other great brands. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint. By reducing the amount of food I send to landfill, I'm helping to do my part for this planet. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash beat and use the promo code beat. Ready? To get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomi.com slash beat, B-E-A-T, and use the promo code beat at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Back to our show. I want to show you right here, Michael Cohen, as the crisis was unfolding, as the terrorist attack by Hamas against Israel was going down Donald Trump was speaking about him having a better body than President Biden. So first, I want to show you what Donald Trump was saying, and then I want to show you what President Biden has been saying. First, Donald Trump. Play the clip. He's got a consultant somewhere. This is the worst consultant in politics that thinks he looks good in a bathing suit, right? <laughs> no, he, he spends so much time at the beach. And, you know, how do you do that? And, you know, I have a much better body than him. But I'm not really sure that I want to expose it with the sun blaring down and the sand, the surf, the wind, you know. You, I mean, you know, it's not a pretty sight. Okay. It's compare- not a pretty sight. You know, it's not a pretty sight. I've actually seen him in his tidy whities and his, his Hanes t-shirt. That's not a pretty sight. Men in black. <laughs> um, let me show. Let me show you. Compare that to President Biden. This is President Biden's speech. So you saw what Donald Trump is saying. Let me show you what a real president says. Play the clip. I just got off the phone with a third call with Prime Minister Netanyahu. I told him the United States experience is experiencing our response to be swift, decisive, and overwhelming. 
We also discussed how democracies like Israel and the United States are stronger and more secure when we act according to the rule of law. That's how a president is supposed to talk and conduct themselves. And when you go to the Trump events, you have trucks that are out there like this. I mean, you cannot make that up. You've got pickup trucks with uh, Trump's face imposed over someone's body with a six pack. And there are multiple trucks that are lined up with photos like that, photos of Donald Trump holding a gun and his face superimposed over the Scarface photo. Like it's just odd behavior. And then this is what preceded Trump's speak. Can't make the, this is, this is really going on. Al, that dude in that picture has an eight pack. That guy's a I'm going to tell you something. I'm going yeah. to tell you something. That was actually my body right there, Michael Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm joking. Okay. Here is yes, the. Yes, I know pastor. that. <laughs> Here is the pastor um, or so called pastor before Donald Trump speaks. They have these like so called pastors. They speak and they talk about like in the name of Jesus, silence all of Donald Trump's opponents. Just like watch how insane this is. Play this clip. We pray that you will impart wisdom to our president as he goes forth to stand in our place. We ask that those who stand against him would be put to silence, that those horrendous actions against him and his family would be exposed and struck down. When we leave this place, give us the courage to say no to evil. Give us the victory over addictions and vices that harm us and our families. And give us the courage to stand with President Trump in the caucuses and in the election to come. We ask for your guidance, wisdom, and power in Jesus' almighty and all-powerful name. Amen. Amen. I've got to be honest with you. Look, I'm not a theologian, but I can assure you that if Jesus would come down from the heavens, he would turn around and he would slap Porky Pig over there right across the side of his head, all right, with probably the fifth Subway sandwich that he chowed down or maybe a bunch of the McDonald's that he stole from Donald's bin. This isn't a joke. He's invoking Jesus's name in order to strike down those people who are what? telling the truth about a guy who was accused of being a sexual assaulter, 91, 91 charges, federal counts against him, twice impeached. I mean, seriously, do you really think that that's where you should invoke the Lord's name? What is, he, what is this kid thinking? What is this idiot thinking? And I can't figure, I can't figure this out. You know, keep religion out of it. You like Donald, why? Because he believes in white supremacy, because he believes uh, in, you know, um, he believes in white privilege, that, you know, he wants to be a nationalist. Whatever this guy's latent, innate sort of issue is, no problem. But at least be honest enough to say that I'm afraid. I'm afraid that, you know, that um, the black population are becoming too smart, that they're becoming too rich, that they are having a more pronounced voice in our government, in Congress, uh, you know, and the fact that, you know, we even, you know, had a black president. Say what you really mean. Don't sit there and invoke, you know, Jesus's name into your nonsense in order to try to rationalize to a group of buffoons, like I like to, to call them, these idiots with four teeth and three brain cells. Don't sit there and try to bring in, you know, really, because I can assure you that as offensive as it is to me, it's probably even more offensive to the you know, billion of Christians that are in this, you know, in this world that are watching this idiot turn around and make these sort of statements. It is absolutely disgraceful, and it's not what he truly means. To your point, let's have intellectually honest conversations. And what MAGA Republicans know, though, if they were honest about their views, their views are so unpopular and so harmful to the people that they rile up that they would have no support. Yep. 
So they've got to do their culture wars. They got to spread their lies. They got to have a whole billion dollar propaganda network in Fox feeding, injecting disinfo into the veins every single day. Christians. You know, it was like today I saw, yeah, and like I I saw today on Fox, right before President Biden was about to speak, the host was like, and Israel was not ready because of President Biden, the ambassadors were not confirmed, the top military leaders were not confirmed, our readiness suffered, and it's like, that's because the, let's explain the way government works. It's because the MAGA Republicans in the Senate ran Paul because he believes that COVID isn't dangerous and Tommy Tuberville because he's a traitor and they're both are. They're holding up all of the appointments that would normally always be approved. Continue to hold up the appointments and they're not allowing critical positions to be confirmed. You know, same thing on, on almost any issue, right? I mean, MAGA Republicans are the reason that Kevin McCarthy's no longer the speaker. They exiled their own speaker. They attacked their own speaker. They control the majority. And what do they do? They blame the Democrats who Kevin McCarthy attacks for not bailing out the person who attacks you. Or you could go down the line with any issue. You want to talk about immigration? Democrats have put forward very serious bills to address the immigration crisis. Comprehensive immigration reform actually sponsored and led by Congress members who are not engaged in performative theater, but members of Congress who are from border towns. And Democrats are saying, let's have serious conversations here. Let's focus on how we deal with it here, how we deal with systemic issues, how do we deal with migration flows, and MAGA Republicans, invasion! Democrats, fentanyl seized, invasion! And it's like, we, then I can't have a serious, like, we can't. I can't have a serious conversation with people who don't want to be serious and just want to use those things as opportunities the same yep. way. You know, if you notice this RNC chair, Ronna McDaniel, she gave the game away during the terrorist attack. She goes, this is a great opportunity for Republicans. And that's how they feel about immigration. That's how they feel about American suffering. They cause it. And then they say, great opportunity for us. And Democrats are here trying to roll our sleeves up or pro-democracy community or just Americans who want solutions saying, can we fix this? Can we try to solve this? Invasion! Whoa! Imagine, Ben. I want you and the brigaders to imagine for a second. So I make an announcement. I'm running for the presidency of the United States of America in 2024. And as part of my presidential slogan, I'm going to fix immigration in 24 hours. I'm going to fix hunger in 24 hours. I'm going to fix climate change in 24 hours. I'm going to fix guns. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fix gun control in 24 hours. Everything is in 24 hours. I'm going to deal with Putin, and I'm going to get this Ukrainian-Russian um, you know, war over in 24 hours. And if elected, I am going to put an end to this Middle Eastern conflict in 24 hours that has been ongoing for 3,000 years. All hail, Michael. Could you imagine? This is what Donald is doing. The only difference is people would look at me like, you know, I lost my fucking marbles. Because anybody who could make a statement like that clearly has lost their fucking marbles. But not Donald. He gets up and he's able to get cheers and jeers from, you know, this group of idiots that are supporting him and following him. Even even to look, I don't care how blind you are. Say whatever you want. Take off Donald Trump's shirt. I'm sorry, my friends. I know most people now are not going to be able to have dinner, but think about it for a second. Take off his shirt in a pair of shorts, and take off Joe Biden while he's walking on the beach. We've already seen what Joe Biden looks like. Now do the comparison. And the fact that he can stand up there to this to this um, crowd during this rally and talk about how his body is better than Joe Biden's. Why he's even thinking about it, I don't know. It's a little weird. But the fact that he could say it and the fact that there are these people that are there at the rally 
that are shaking their heads, laughing and agreeing with it. When clearly, your eyes don't lie. Just look for yourself. One guy is morbidly obese and the other guy happens to be fit and trim. It is just comical. And then it should be considered equally comical when you have somebody that promises that they can do everything. He's going to build the wall. He's building the wall. And who's paying for it? Mexico, right? So far, did he build the wall? The answer is no. Did Mexico pay for anything? No. So what does he then do? Back to, well, I, Mexico's going to pay for it. They're just not going to pay for it the way that they think that they're going to pay for it. What the hell does that even mean? It means he has no fucking idea what he's talking about, but he's going to continue to spew more and more popularist bullshit that for some unknown reason, people are buying hook, line, and sinker and supporting him. You know, my understanding is that his uh, that his presidential pack or however he's collecting money now raised like $40 million. Get a load of this shit. $40 million since the start of the New York Attorney General's case claiming that they are trying to destroy him, your favorite president. Every second of every day, somebody's sending out another text, another email, asking you for your money. All right. They really have this shtick down packed. It is a fucking joke. And we all need to get together. And I say this every show. And I, I hate having to be repetitive, but I think it's so important that it's worth the repetition. We must ensure that we are all properly um, registered to vote in 2024. And we must make sure that our family, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, everybody are properly registered to vote. Help them if they can't do it themselves. They must be and help them to get to the polls or get a, you know, um, a, 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 what do you call it? A ballot a mail-in ballot so that they can send it in because this is by far the single most important election. We need to get rid of so many of these Republican lunatics that are destroying our country day in and day out. I love, and I just got to go on one second more of a rant, Ben. I love the fact that they blame the Democrats for Kevin McCarthy being ousted. No, assholes. It started with Matt Gates, a maniac and a half who actually should have been prosecuted for underage um, sex and for transporting a minor uh, across state lines. For whatever the reason is and however he managed to escape it, okay, you know, that's that's up to law enforcement to handle. But it's Matt Gates who was the one that went ahead and decided that he was going to raise enough shit about McCarthy to get him ousted. And then they're saying, well, the Democrats should have stepped up and that they should have ensured that McCarthy stayed in. This is insanity by a group of people that don't know if they're coming or going. And who knows who's going to be the next speaker? Could you imagine Jim Bag Jordan or Scalise? I mean, it's one half, you know, or does it's the same shit, whether it's the left or the right, they are both equally no good. I'd sooner take Scalise over Jordan, but neither of them. Can't we get somebody who's more moderate? Can't we get back like the Tip O'Neill's or even, for God's sakes, Nancy Pelosi? Now people say, oh, come on, Nancy Pelosi was far to the left. No, she wasn't. She really, she really truly wasn't. She was able to work across the aisle, which is why she was, believe it or not, as successful as she was as speaker. But for whatever the reason might be, they're blaming the Democrats for this. They just don't know how to. It's not just Donald who can't accept accountability or responsibility. It's the whole fucking lock, stock and barrel of them. And those that cannot, and there's plenty of them on the Republican side, they need to go. We got a Jack Smith update with a very quick response from federal judge Tanya Chutkin. 
uh, who's managing that docket so perfectly and not letting Donald Trump play games in comparison to Judge Eileen Cannon. I want to talk about those developments and a little bit more on the chaos engulfing Capitol Hill right now caused by the MAGA Republicans as they fight amongst each other to identify who the next Speaker of the House can be. That and more when we come back from our last quick break of the day. Ben Mycel is here. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. And get this, Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used by some five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Bacteria can clog your pores, causing breakouts and acne. Sleep clean with Miracle. Go to trymiracle.com slash beat to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo, BEAT, at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com beat and use the code BEAT to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash beat to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Ben Mycel is here. Green Chef has expanded their menu. Now choose from more than 50 weekly menu and market items with the option to mix and match meals in the same box without changing your plan. Get everything you need at Green Market, our one-stop shop for quick breakfast, brunch kits, wholesome lunches, and more you can easily add on to your weekly order. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating well with meals that work for you, not the other way around. Celebrate summer with seasonal recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and sustainably sourced seafood. Green Chef is the only meal kit that is both carbon and plastic offset. Green Chef offsets 100% of their delivery emissions to your door as well as 100% of the plastic in every box. Plus, nearly all packaging materials are curbside recyclable in most areas in the United States. Bring more flavor to your table this summer with Green Chef's delicious, nutritionist approved recipes featuring certified organic fruits and vegetables and unique farm fresh ingredients like tart cherries, truffle zest, and rainbow carrots. My absolute favorite is the spicy chicken and broccoli stir fry. Delicious. Go to greenchef.com slash beat six zero. That's greenchef.com slash beat 60 and use code beat six zero beat 60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. That's 60% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash beat 60 and get that 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back. You know, I really did eat the Green Chef. I think it's been effective. I, that's what I started the Green Chef. I recorded that ad. And uh, thank you. Thank you, Green Chef. All right, let's get into it. While we were gone during the break, here's the latest update on what's going on in the House of Representatives. You got the MAGA Republicans are um, caucusing about selecting who their next speaker may be. And it's like a total clown show. Here you have MAGA Republican Nancy Mace, who previously was, there she is right there, walking in with an A on her shirt. I guess uh, people were speculating in the comments, was the A for attention? Is the A for the curse word? Is it for something else? But like, they're so un- that was well, that's what she said. She said the A was her scarlet letter. And it, it's just... Uh, you know, with these MAGA Republicans, there's nothing serious. They're all seeking attention. It's a really sad state of our country that, you know, they basically have been taken over by, I don't know, like right wing influencers. It's very, very strange. Let's talk about some uh, real updates, though, as well. Special counsel Jack Smith filed two important motions this morning and Judge Tanya Chutkin, the federal judge, responded right away and ordered an expedited briefing schedule. Um, the first a government's opposed motion for fair and protective jury procedures. In other words, Donald Trump opposed the motion for fair and protective jury procedures, where special counsel Jack Smith wanted to not publicize the names of prospective jurors. That's all Jack Smith was asking for. Donald Trump opposed that. And then special counsel Jack Smith cited as the need for not publicizing them, Donald Trump's past conduct, including his threats against the uh, judge in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case last week and the judge's law clerk. Then special counsel Jack Smith filed this government's opposed motion for formal pretrial notice of the defendant's intent to rely on advice of counsel defense. And special counsel Jack Smith says, look, Donald Trump and his lawyers, they go on all these right-wing media networks and they say, and other networks, and they say, look, our defense, because Donald Trump's lawyers go on TV and just say what it is they're going to do and they perform, they said that their defense was going to be Donald Trump relied on the advice of lawyers like John Eastman and others when he perpetuated the insurrection, when he supported the insurrection. We tried to overthrow our democracy. So Jack Smith's like, look, if that's what you're going to do, then by December 18th, when exhibits are due, Make it clear that that's your intent, because if you have an advice of counsel defense, that has consequences. One of those consequences are you waive attorney-client privilege. So right now, there are 25 separate witnesses who have asserted attorney-client privilege, either wholly over their testimony or partially. And Jack Smith says, okay, do your advice of counsel, and then you'll waive attorney-client, and then I'll get all of those documents. But what I want to avoid, Jack Smith says, is exactly what we all know Trump's going to try to do, which is not claim he's going to use advice of counsel, but just do it to the media. Then trial's going to start. And in the opening statement, then Donald Trump's going to blame his lawyers then. And Jack Smith's like, let's get ahead of that right now so that we don't have to scramble to have the attorney-client privilege waiver. Judge, make him respond by December 18th and the judge, or, you know, uh, make that claim. And then Judge Chutkin earlier today issued a minute order. She doesn't wait like Judge Cannon. She controls her docket, Judge Chutkin. And she says that by October 20th, 2023, Trump shall file any opposition to the government's motion for fair and protective jury procedures and motion for formal pretrial notice that we just discussed. And the government shall file its reply by October 25th, 2023. So this will all be determined in the next 20 days. And that just shows you who Judge Chutkin is and what a good lawyer special counsel Jack Smith is. What do you think, Cohen? So, you know, well, before I, I go on to that, because yes, Jack Smith has this down and so does the judge. And Donald's not gonna get, one of the things I think that I've done is I've certainly shown his playbook. And as a direct result, how many different um, you know cases are they now pushing him and they're holding him to accountability? It's for that I would love, nothing would make me happier than to give Donald the two-finger salute for today's political beatdown segment. But as much as he deserves it, 
I do really have to say that Matt Gates deserves it more. And I say that he deserves it more simply because the fucking asshole doesn't understand that there are repercussions to everything. Great. He got his little rocks off and he got, you know, McCarthy out uh, as speaker. This was a personal grudge in order to remove him because he didn't like certain things, uh, including not shutting down the government. Think about that for a second. Because McCarthy chose not to shut down the government. This brought on the ire of Matt Gates, who went ahead to his other gang of six or seven, and they went ahead and they then ousted McCarthy as speaker. But the reason I give Matt Gates the two-finger salute today is, again, because there are repercussions, unanticipated repercussions that resulted as a as um you know as a, a consequence of uh, Gates's actions, and that is right now the United States can't even help Israel in terms of this war simply because Congress doesn't have a they don't have a speaker within which to you know pass. Um, you know, uh, to pass the bills and to legislate the way that they need to do. So right now, our country is stymied from doing the things that they need to do, not just for um, Israel, but even here in the United States, we have the debt ceiling is going to come due again. But do they, do they care about it? Now they're going to try to turn around and figure, well, you know, we need somebody, so let's shove in Jim Jordan. Let's shove in a, a Scalise. Let's shove in somebody who, you know, that they think that they can get enough votes so that it's not going to be the same embarrassment that the country saw when it took McCarthy 15 tries to do it. And so I can go on and on about all of the issues that exist for our country, forgetting about being able to help, whether it's Ukraine or to be able to help Israel uh, during these wars. Hard to imagine there are two wars now going on, you know, simultaneously and as a direct, again, result of uh, Matt Gates's actions for this petty, you know, grievance that he had with McCarthy. You get the two-finger salute, you stupid fucking moron. You have no idea the repercussions that you create simply because of your, you know, your need for revenge, your your petty need in order to assert yourself, you stupid, stupid asshole. And now the rest of us will ultimately have to deal with this. One of the things you mentioned there that I think is so important to point out, though, is your victory over Donald Trump in the lawsuit that he just dismissed against you where he was seeking. That's my second million. one, by the way, Ben. Let's not forget to our brigaders. I'm two for two. Two for two. But you did provide and you have provided the roadmap to prosecutors, to anybody in how you handle Donald Trump. Yes, in a legal context, but as I mentioned as well, in any context, he is somebody who always backs down when he is confronted and where his self-preservation of his privilege becomes even slightly under attack. He runs for the hill. He's always missing in action. We could look at the various cases I talked about, the two Michael Cohen cases, the case where he sued the judge, the case where he sued New York Attorney General Letitia James, where he dismisses all of them, or his behavior in general. When finally, Department of Justice officials before the insurrection confronted him when Donald Trump tried to appoint Jeff Clark to take over the Department of D the Department of Justice and there was going to be mass resignations Donald Trump backed down when Donald Trump was trying to appoint Sidney Powell and there were mass resignations Donald Trump backed down the GOP has allowed themselves to be taken over by the snake Donald Trump likes to read that poem the snake they let the snake in and take over their party. And if they had some self-respect, some dignity, which they don't, it's actually very easy to stand up to him when you have guts. And nobody's nobody's been able to show that more than you. And I know it hasn't been easy on your life, but you've exposed him and you've certainly made it easier 
for people to follow the roadmap that you've created. So I think that that needs to be pointed out when we when we talk about the meaning of the case. It's more than just Donald Trump. You know, one of the things that I want to speak about, Ben, on the after show is the difficulty that all of this has on my life. It's not just mine. It's my wife's, my children, my family's, you know, our lives. And that's something that we'll get into in the after show. But I got to tell you, this isn't easy. Anybody that thinks that going up against a former president, it's not just a former president, it's a former president who has 30 million followers that are, you know, as loyal to him as, as an army, you know, it's, um, it's, it makes life easy. And it's not just that it's the ability within which to work. It's the ability within which to have bank accounts. It's the ability. I mean, the effect that this man has created or caused, uh, in terms of my life is just boundless, but it will get into that. And I'll give some, uh, real, real examples on some of the things that, and he knows what he's doing, which makes it even worse. So, um, you know, we'll we'll get into that in a, in just a few. Well, we'll talk about that in the after show. Everybody, go to patreon.com slash political beatdown. Become a member of our Patreon right now. P a t r e o n dot com slash political beatdown. You'll get access to the full library of after shows, and you'll get to meet. Michael Cohen and myself at some point in time this month. That's patreon.com slash political beatdown. And if you're a member of the Patreon, just put in the comments below or in the chat if you think the exclusive content is worth it. We're very confident that we spend a lot of time curating this content. We don't have outside investors here on political uh, beat down. So the way we grow this platform is through our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash political beatdown. Check it out right now. It helps grow this platform. It's also a fun place where we have great exclusive content. Check us out there right now. We will see you there. Michael Cohen, let's record the after show. Great seeing you. And thank you to the beatdown brigaders. We appreciate you so much. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. <laughs>